What's up? This is Into the Storm, Triumph, Tragedy, Transformation. Buffaloes, not cowards. Buffaloes wisely fight into the storm, not painfully away from the storm like a cow. This is raw, real, and rewarding for men with a spiritual emphasis. I'm Ryan Smith, your host, and it's my privilege to be with Bunker Weimer, our co-host. This is your podcast. By joining us, you join the community of post-secularism, vanguards combining the one, Eastern religious and spiritual values with Western secular and scientific understanding. It's time to stop operating as if one is better than the other. We're really just talking about the same thing, operating with one objective, truth. But before we jump into it, we want to let you know of even more incredible opportunities to learn and more importantly, discover healing for yourself and those you love. You can learn more at tttransformation.com and the ryancsmith.com for one-on-one -on -one coaching and large-scale speaking events to transform your relationship and your life. Be part of the action. Let's get into it. Thank you. Well, I am... This is going to be a little bit off script, uh, improv uh, podcast here, and this is going to be uh, my, my spiritual journey, I guess, uh, the last week. The, what was said last week really hit home for me, and what Bunker had taught, and that was the message I needed to hear, and I got sick with uh, some food poisoning or, or something. I don't even know, but I had the aches and the chills like all over my body i was freezing cold i was wearing which isn't completely a, a normal uh abnormal for me but wearing snow pants in my house and just and i just couldn't get warm and then i couldn't sleep my stomach was really upset and i ended up throwing up and it was i just was miserable and um and my business right now i'm having to 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 stop it and and get a job <laughs> uh, uh, and be, you know, on someone's books, uh, W9 employee uh, again. And that's been hard for me because it's felt like I, I didn't actually launch. I didn't actually make what I wanted to do and feeling like a failure and, uh, and, and being sick and losing my health. And just, if you can see on my thing, I got a cold sore here and that's whatever happens when I, have too much cortisol pumping through my body. And so my body's even showing the effects of that stress and just, it was hard for me. Um, and, but in that wrestle, in those times, in my, the voices in my head that said, Ryan, you're just a failure. Why did you even try this? What's even the point? You're, you're a loser. You know, like the, those were the messages, you know, that I was swimming in and it wasn't a, a great place. And, but, I, I just thought about what we talked about last weekend, wanting to endure well. And so I have some thoughts and I think that they can all be summarized with uh, this come follow me uh, uh, scripture reading of this, of this week, which is Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. And I will read that uh, right now. 
um, as we were going into this. So, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden light. There's a poetic rhyme to this and a, an irony set up. It, it's, it's powerful. Uh, burden is not, and, and light are like <laughs> very yin-yang, very opposing uh, thoughts here. And, you know, and so today we're, we're here to ask the question, you know, why, why be a spiritual person? Why, why all the hassle to be spiritual, believe in Jesus, you know, with, you know, live the commandments and get re spend time in this weird ancient language and culture, read the Bible. Like why, why even bother, um, it's with that burden. Um, and so that's the, the question that uh, I theologically want to answer here, but more practical for you who's listening um, is also to answer the question or the problem, why is life so hard? Um, why is, why does not things not seem to go the way I want? Um, and just seem like whenever I set a plan, it's just sets me up for more disappointment. And so I'm also hoping to answer both of those questions, which I think are one and in the same. Um, I, uh, have some thoughts, but bunker, uh, um, when you think of these questions or how would you answer, uh, someone that, or, or for yourself, you know, why bother with spirituality or, and, or why is life so hard? That's a great question. And I wish that I had an abundance of answers. I think those are common questions that many people ask that are close to their hearts. Um, the one thought that came to mind, something that I heard recently, had to do with humility. And I think this ties in. Um, I think it's been very common that when we speak of humility, we think of lessening ourselves. But I think it's not about lessening ourselves. I think we need as much of ourselves as we can get, but it's about more God, increasing the amount of God into our lives. And I feel like as you do that, answers to those questions of why things are so hard sometimes come in unexpected ways. I think something that I have a testimony of that I've learned through experience at, is that we are being led, even when we don't feel like we're being led, much as our father in heaven didn't bring us this far just to bring us this far. And so to go along with that thought, I really like the story of Christ with his disciples and they're in the boat and they're going across the sea of Galilee. 
I think something that goes overlooked is before they take off on their journey, they get in the boat and crisis. Tonight we will cross over. He lets them know the expectation of where they will be. But yet along the way, they panic. They're in so much fear. Uh, they can't see light at the end of the tunnel or hope. And to them, they are doomed. And I think metaphorically, we feel the same way. We have received lots of revelation, personal or general. We have a vision, all these different things of where we're going to go and what we're, what we're meant to do. But sometimes along the path, we are like his disciples, stricken by fear. And we run to the master. And as he wakes up, he's, you know, he's able to sleep through the storm because he has full confidence in where they're going to end up. And then he rebukes them, calling them little faith. And I think that's us. Like sometimes um, we lose sight or we forget the simple comments of like where we're going to end up. So I think in my mind, when we talk about why is life so hard, sometimes it's because we hold on to certain perspectives when maybe we need to adopt a new one. But those are the thoughts that I had when you were talking and that, the question that you you asked. I love that. The, those thoughts bunker just we have the we have this expectation and also you know, promises from the lord and one of i think my there's lots of great things about the you know our church and the gospel but one of my i think favorite things is the patriarchal blessing right. and just how that has been a, a guidance and a hope for me but it's also been cool to see that those blessings actually be fulfilled. And like, it really is like a Leahona or a crystal ball or that, that has like real insight, which is really, really, really neat. Um, and so we have promises of the Lord and the ultimate promise for everybody, you know, is that salvation is yours. Um, that's the end. It's, there is a rainbow or at the end of the, it may not feel like life is a rainbow, and definitely my life did not feel like a rainbow this last week, but there is gold at the or light at the end of the tunnel, and it's pretty dark sometimes. Um, but if you keep on pressing forward and in, in faith, even when you don't see, that's like it's well, uh, that's that's what's asked of us. Um, one thing. I guess two stories I want to share. One's more kind of a summary of a story, uh, but then one is another just more of a story. But I, you know, this last year, the movie Elvis came out and I bought that movie and have it on my YouTube uh, account and just interested. And I also, I think the week after bought the movie Rocket Man, which is a pretty similar movie of a rock star. Elton John and his life and and it's just and and in fact they're very there's a lot of parallels to their story in the pain and triumph but the difference between those two movies is you know basically as I understand Elvis is that he overdosed and his unhealthy lifestyle was was kind of a just giving up on life and therefore it was a, a kind of indirect suicide um i could be wrong but that's my the the what i put together is he just kind of gave up on life 
he had become so hedonistic and his his addictions and that I think they even like he was always eating cheeseburgers at the very end and then they have to like suck that out and he always had a doctor because his he was eating so unhealthy and then they would have to drug him up for his concerts and then they would have to drug him up to like fall asleep and like he like needed drugs to sustain his lifestyle uh, to, uh and so it was uh kind of it was disgusting uh to he hear about that and he had the world man like and i love elvis like i am i'm the biggest elvis fan i know <laughs> i love elvis i i can even do him pretty good thank you anyway and i, I last year i kind of i did an elvis uh, a song and impression of him but uh so no disrespect to Elvis, but uh, but it, it's also sad, and I think also Freddie Mercury. I kind of get into the, his lives, but but then with Elton John, his story, there was a moment when he began to love himself and look at his shadow self. And there's a beautiful scene where he sees himself as a child, and he gives his child a hug. Uh, it's metaphorically but that's i think what we have to do and elton john is still around and uh and uh although he he also went down the way of all the world and and drugs and sex drugs rock and roll were his story but uh th there seemed to be a place where he found himself um rather than just giving up on life and so to, and what and so all that is to say you, the listener, even if you gain the world, you gain all the fame, the fortune, the friends, the food, the, you know, everything that the world has to offer, you can still be sad. I think Britney Spears is kind of another, she even has a song about that. Uh, uh, so why do I cry? You know, why, why these tears at night, you know? And isn't she lovely? You know, like the world sees her as this goddess, celebrity goddess, but it's still not enough. And she's even sad. And like, why? And to me, there's a, there's because they didn't answer the bigger question of spirituality. They gained the world, but they lost their soul. And so I'm wanting you, listener, as you're in the, the rat race of life and the, the pursuit that you not get so distracted that you don't lose the bigger picture and you take upon yourself the burden of spirituality in Christ and trying to become a God and goddess within your strugglings. And I remember even when I was, it was midnight and just having, I was in so much pain, I couldn't sleep. But I, and I was having all these thoughts in my head, but I was said, my moment of grace in in that which i don't really feel it's totally comfortable to share all the 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 swamp of my mind but you know it's like if this is what it has to be you know let it come and help me to endure this well and uh and my my pursuit my goals are to eventually be like tony robbins and own a stage and to uh and, and change the world and have a, a worldwide impact um, and, uh, <laughs> how many listeners are out there, you know, uh, I, I think I'm painfully short from that ideal, but 
I feel like today just a little bit broken. Like if I don't get that, that's okay. And being satisfied with that. And, um, and so this is the second story that I want to share. I heard a friend who was on a plane trip to Dallas and mid flight two rows ahead of him, someone started having a heart attack and the, the flight attendants came and people were shuffling around. And a few minutes later, the pilot got on the speakers and said, attention, everybody. Um, I assume you know what's happened. Uh, our passenger, because of his heart attack, we need to make an emergency landing. Sorry for the delay and the inconvenience. And my friend was, was like, he was inconvenienced because of this delay, but he was so surprised at the, the people were complaining and even angry and pissed off. And he was like, what the heck? Like, I understand like this is an inconvenience to you, but he's dying. Where is our society come to that we, we lost the compassion and the pain and the empathy for others. And I think that my friend, it's not just a lack of like empathy or let me say it like this. The reason why they were complaining, like, oh, how come this inconvenience? Oh, that's so mad. And they were in the victim stance. The reason why they couldn't be compassionate or just embrace the discomfort of the moment is they didn't have a spiritual backbone. When life didn't meet their model of the world and they are inconvenienced, that vacuum that is created will only be filled up with what you have in your heart. And so if you don't have like a spiritual or a bigger picture to your life, then your life is the moment. And therefore the, the emotion you feel at the moment is your personality. But if you have a spiritual backbone, you have a foundation built on the rock, not a, on a sandy foundation that it can be filled when that gap, that vacuum, it occurs spirituality can fill the gap and there can be faith hope patience love in the discomfort and inconvenience of that uh is something like having an emergency landing and being delayed several hours from your destination um my turn <laughs> i thought i thought you were thinking sorry no, 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 no. um some of the thoughts that i had off of what you said especially the story about elvis how sometimes we gain the world but then we lose our souls i think i think sometimes our failures are god's intervention to prevent us from losing our souls i think that's something that um has stood out to me. I, I heard you talk about 
making plans and how they haven't worked out and you have certain expectations that aren't met, which brings some suffering of some kind. And it caused me to kind of reflect on my own life. I don't think anything that I'm doing now, I plan for <laughs> everything I plan for was something else. <laughs> <laughs> like completely everything. Like I'm 27 years old. I'm single. I live in Cedar city. I'm doing construction. <laughs> <laughs> like that wasn't the plan at all, but I'm way more content with that. Like, I feel like, I don't know where I am, but I know exactly where I am, if that makes sense. Um, it's like, I know exactly where I'm going, but I don't know where I'm going. And it's like, uh, it's like the path is unseen. The destination is known, but the des destination is not known well, but you know, it's good. And so <clears throat> I think a real theme and something I brought up on the podcast several times is um, letting God prevail. I feel like any emotional thing is also something that stands in my way that I have to let God prevail over. So if I am in content with my situation, if I am frustrated, if I'm sad, any kind of emotion I'm feeling, especially the ones that are worth talking about oftentimes or the ones that we focus on are the negative ones. And I don't think God wants us to focus on the negative ones. My, one of my favorite scriptures is in Second Timothy when he says that God did not give man the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of the sound mind. And to me, that went to show that if you're experiencing fear, that is not where God designed you to be. He designed you to be in love and in power and to have a sound mind. And so <clears throat> those are things that have been very faith promoting because it requires you to let go and in very much a real sense to not know exactly where you're going to end. But as I've done that, I have found out that what he desires for me has been so much better than what I desire for myself and what to the world's eyes may be a few steps backwards or huge steps forward for myself. And that I think has made all the difference. I think of uh, that quote or the poem uh, when two, you, two woods or two roads divulge in the yellow wood. I took the one less travel to pass. Uh, I think when you have a desire that is um, of extraordinary measure or things that aren't normal, you have to do unnormal things and it's an unnormal path. I think if you want what everybody else is getting or very mediocre things, if you will, or average or common, then you will take a more common path. And so I think about all the people who became highly successful, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, all these people who amassed these massive empires, Elon Musk, like they dropped out of school, right? But how many times have we preached to go to school? I'm not saying that you should drop out of school. I'm just using it as an example. Of they want to do certain things and they had to do what necessary the necessary things to achieve those objectives and sometimes they go against the grain i think about people who went against their parents and their parents were so disappointed but at the end of the day it worked out and so i think that goes to show is if we can stay true to what we feel inside we let god prevail and i think there's a little element of crazy or uh that you just go for it and hope for the best and you know things work out and anyways, I feel like those are things that were on my mind as I listened to you talk that I felt like we were sharing from my own personal experience. Yeah, the, the, the thought of God must have a sense of humor. Just tell him your plans. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, what also is coming up to mind is what Lisa Nichols said is for a whole decade, I had to tell my my village my community no why and they're like why are you ha hanging out with white people why are you doing this 
you're never here for the parties you're never here for my when i need you da, 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 for a whole decade but then she's like now i'm so much more useful to my friends in my village uh, because i denied them for that full decade because you know now she's a millionaire and she has a lot of resources and she's wise and she has uh, knowledge and, and he, she can create jobs for people and you know she's able to be a greater resource because she was not a good resource for for 10 years and and just that that sacrifice and uh i'm gonna i'm gonna i know you have to go bunker so i'm just gonna say this thing and then we'll we'll, we'll sign off i'm gonna i have a few more thoughts that i want to share um but i think just in this book falling upward by richard Rohr, that i have uh just love is when you have a failure in life god has like a, a planning meeting and a celebration and he's like oh goody what what new door are we going to open now uh but in the contrast when you have a success his god's response is oh man what kind of good is going to come from this and like they know that pride comes before the fall and and just like how we think about comfort and how you know we we strive so hard to be comfortable and to create our castle and our kingdom but this muscle gets so strong that we actually end up hurting people and we're unable to be inconvenienced by others and uh, be, have that sensitivity to other people's plight and uh, our muscle of trying to create security for ourselves can also become the enemy which and it's like our 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 chosen soldier that we but we need to be able to uh christen or uh what was the word uh honorably discharge our, our soldier because if we don't then we we never become the sage uh but i have more thoughts bunker thank you for joining in i know you need to, to head off thank you so much i i uh, really appreciate you and hope that your your way be be bright and blessed thank you you too okay i'm signing off all right take care bunker so um i i just the irony is as we strive to be more comfortable but we get good at this and this begins to hurt others and like elvis we talked about and like oh um how many of you guys wish you could be elvis i don't know if you that's the thing but that's something that i i would love to have that charisma that charm and that ability to impact and influence and leverage that uh around the world and and uh it's too bad he's not he's no longer here he could do so much good um and i think the reason why this is really hitting me so hard also is you know i'm a therapist and i meet with uh individuals couples and it's just so interesting i 
the the Disney story Beauty and the Beast was just kind of a sweet childhood memory, but now it's hitting me a whole different way. And I see that movie very clearly, especially in a in a in a couple that I've been working with and and the and and as I see it in them, I begin to see it in myself and in everybody. And I want to share that insight with you. And that is people are children <laughs> and just being a child is hard, but you know, we get traumatized and we begin to develop rules and we're dismissed and we're hurt and we have an innocence and we want to love. But as we do that, we become the beast. We be, we develop walls and we try to protect ourselves, And that becomes a higher priority than trying to love and create friendship. And we want to become eventually the Iron Man and just get to a place where we don't need anybody because nobody's worthy or nobody is capable of, I can't trust anybody. Um, but that mentality, that rule set creates a place where we say we begin to hurt people and we become the beast. And if we continue in it too long, we become Gaston and narcissistic and incapable of having any empathy for others. Um, but the the beauty of that story and that you know the tale is old as time, song is old as rhyme, beauty and the beast. But sure as the sun rising from the east, we must learn that we are wrong and uh, finding that we can change. And if we can have that humility, um, then we become beautiful and it can have a true love story. And isn't Beauty and the Beast considered one of the great love stories of our, of our time? And that's how we must all put away our walls and put aside our carnal nature, the pursuit of comfort and put it in its proper place. And we have to allow our ego. We don't kill our ego, even though it may feel like that at times and in the moment when it's screaming so loud. It's, it's like, it's like a horse. Our ego is like a horse. It's super strong, very capable, but it's carnally minded. But your divine self is like the cowboy, the cowgirl, and it must bridle the horse. It must tame it. It must train it to go where it needs to go. And it must have bridles on it, or it's just going to be wandering aimless in the wilderness without shelter, without home, never achieving or realizing a higher potential for itself. And there's a beautiful uh, uh, experiential uh, showing of this, uh, writing high ministries, uh, type in uh, born Born Wild, what is it called? Uh, uh, 
Anyway, Born Wild, Riding High Ministries, and it shows a Bronco rider that's able to uh, break the horse, not by the usual uh, method, but he's able to whisper and, and use and build a relationship with the horse, that it trusts the horse. And he gives a beautiful analogy that you and I, we are like this horse, just trying to just live for the moment, but have never reached a, a higher potential or destiny. But as you yoke yourself to God, or the cowboy, metaphorically, you will have some limitations, but you will have a higher purpose and have a protector. And I think it could be said in this phrase that I really love, Satan frees you to bind you. Christ binds you to free you. And isn't that so true that Satan's way is do whatever you want, lie, cheat, steal, sex, sex, drugs, rock and roll. But at the end, where will that lead you? You're going to have a criminal record. And then when you want that job you want, you're going to be limited. You're going to be bound or, or eventually go to jail. You know, um, I wouldn't think that most people listening to this, that's where they're headed, but you're going to have addictions and it's you're not going to have the freedom. But if you bind yourself with commandments and discipline, then you have the freedom that you could have the thousand dollars to give to your friend whenever they need it. And, or, you know, you have that, or that job that you want when that opportunity comes. And so can you see how having the burden of Christ will actually be easy and light? The, the, the song from Michael Jackson, Man in the Mirror, I think also illustrates this, is as if you're willing to look at yourself in the mirror and change those, your pride and, and put it in its proper place, then you will be able to have that change. And if you can truly go through that humility process, like Michael Jackson talks about in Man in the Mirror and hear that music, then you will be able to sing the music by Rascal Flats. I won't let you down. You'll have that type of relationship with others that is a more celestial order, which we've talked about in prior podcast of there's different terrestrial, telestial, terrestrial, and celestial uh, mentalities of relationships, and they have glories comparable to the stars, the moon, or the sun. And, uh, and, you know, we really want the glory of the sun in our relationship. The glory of the stars are nice, but it's nowhere near the radiance and fun and energy that the sun gives us. And so let's live a celestial law. And, you know, we think of sex, drugs, rock and roll, 
um, alcohol, drugs, you know, are, is that sin? Is that evilness? No, that is just the evidence of a man or woman without God. That is a person that their heart has been deceived where they're thinking that that is going to give them fulfillment and the pleasure that they seek, but it's truly robbing them of a higher calling. And sin is not the behavior. True sin is a condition of the heart. And that is why I think Christ, when he came, he did away with the law of Moses and he said, no longer do I want the sacrifices of a burnt offering of, you know, the best lamb of your flock. He no longer asks you comparably to give your house or to give your car, to give, you know, your your best belongings, I, I think that there, but there is evidence of that, you know, in tithing and stuff, but what he truly wants isn't the money, isn't the service projects. He really truly wants your heart and it is the condition of your heart that he asks for. And what does he really want? How will you know, what, how will his standard be if you are found worthy? And that is, do you come at the pleasing bar of God or the, the judgment day saying, look at all the good works I did. Look, I'm so, I created this great house. Look at all the kind words that I did. Look, I deserve to be in heaven. That will be the worst case that you can make. The most compelling argument that you can make to live in heaven and a celestial order is, Lord, I'm an arrogant, I'm an arrogant, stubborn, selfish, evil wretch. I am a sinner. But I, you know, but it's Christ. Please look on your son. I I want his atonement. I I will follow his way. I'll be I'm humble to his commandments. Please look at Christ as and have his covering and his worthiness cover me and that and then Christ hopefully will say, Oh yeah, I know, I know you, I know Ryan, I know you. Um I'll vouch for for this sister, this brother, and uh, please look at me as my, and my worthiness, and that will make that covering will grant you celestial inheritance. And uh, it's the condition of the heart. And as you read Matthew five and the Beatitudes, you know, be therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect, and when that's only taken in the con taken out of context, we put our 21st century lens on that and how the world esteems perfection is have a clean house, have a great job, have a great castle of perfection. Don't make any mess ups in your job. Be never get angry, you know, with your children. Like it's, this is kind of the, the standard of perfection. 
And that's not what, as I read Matthew 5, is not what perfection that he's talking about in that context. It's all about the condition of your heart. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of God. It's this condition of your heart that makes you perfect. And even one of my clients, you know, he was impatient and acted like the beast with his wife, even in my session. And uh, he was impatient with her um, because he perceived a, a weakness in her. And, but the real, that was bad, but the thing that made it ugly or worse was his slowness to admit he was wrong and to repent, to change his ways and say, whoa, that is a problem. And his ego deceived him that, 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 that he was justified in dismissing her moment of vulnerability and, um, and mocking her in that moment. And that was, uh, you know, it was wrong of him to, to not see her, to, to let his ego win out rather than to compartmentalize that and to see she was wrestling to live a celestial order and yet his ego convinced him that it was okay to and justified to uh, invalidate her and uh, and so I just hope that as you embrace a spiritual life, you will be able to and more willing to be brokenhearted and more willing to be inconvenienced and uncomfortable. And the world carnal nature says, try to do everything you can to be comfortable. But a spiritual person says, how can I be more uncomfortable? And I love, you know, the, the attitude of the disciples at the end, just before Christ died at, during the, as he instituted the sacrament, the last supper, you know, it says, one of you will betray me. And they didn't say, oh, it's probably Judas. It's probably him. Surely not me. No. They did the opposite. They they were willing to be uncomfortable and they said, is it I, Lord? It's probably me, right? I'm probably going to fail you. And they were willing to be uncomfortable. And that ability to be willing to be uncomfortable and recognize how am I causing, what, how am I making it difficult for my partner to be patient with me? And this place of gratitude and just, wow, I must be so difficult to live with. Thank you for marrying me. Thank you for putting up with me. That type of attitude and readily accepting that maybe I'm doing something that could be hurtful. That is the celestial place that will actually create a great love. And when a relationship is in that environment of, is it I, Lord? How did I hurt you? That is the default question. Which, caveat, nobody 
does naturally like this has to be trained and so you may be thinking right now ryan's crazy i don't think that nobody i know thinks that but i hope that you if you're doing that then that's your ego talking and that's exactly what we're talking about is that please allow yourself to be uncomfortable and say yeah i can't do that right now but i want to wrestle with that and it is possible to make that as your default, that when someone's hurting, your initial reaction in humility is, was it I? What did I do to hurt you? And, and then when they tell you that you like are like excited and grateful that they were honest enough to tell you how you your influence uh, negatively impacted them and made it harder for them to believe the truth that they are a God and easier to buy into the lie that they are just a human and insignificant and not important. And for example, if I'm rude to somebody and just say, hey, get out of my way, and impatient with them, a lesser person, how they react to that is they fight back because they agree with it, that that's how they should be treated and they don't like it. But a person that has a higher calling and where that maybe is, if treating your partner and being impatient is the exception rather than the rule of the, the tone of the relationship, then they it's easier to buy into the truth of their divine self and their higher identity so in summary <laughs> i hope that Thank you for listening to me. And I want to be humble and be brokenhearted and be willing to be inconvenienced. And by doing that and taking on that burden, it creates a celestial relationship and order and community and culture where we are sensitive to others and we stop living in a zombie robot world where we snide and snuff each other. But that we see each other as gods. And I think of the C.S. Lewis quote, one of my favorites of his is, you know, it's the people we snide and snuff that besides the sacrament itself, your neighbor, your spouse is the most holy thing next to the sacrament. They are possible gods. And I want to leave you with that, that as you take upon yourself the burden of a spiritual life, you will be able to put away the and get off the train tracks of becoming a narcissistic Gaston and be able to become a beautiful uh, son and daughter of God and that the beauty that yes, you might be a beast now, but if you wrestle with it, you will create that beauty and 
the the other people the virgin love that pe when people come to you and are hoping and wanting you you won't snide and snuff them but that you'll cherish and cultivate a relationship and be the difference to create true love and relationships and not die um feeling unfulfilled and kind of what bunker says you know he has a desire to be a, a psychologist and that was his chosen plans and here he is uh being a construction worker and you know he even had to go early today but that wasn't what he's like what he wanted but he's able to have be at peace with that and that's because of his spiritual grounding and when things don't go his way the spiritual theology takes that vacuum but if you don't have that when things don't go according to plans and they will you're going to fall to your carnal nature and you'll become a victim and you'll hurt other people and you'll create more vacuums in other people's life and our world will never become a better place and i i want you if, if we ever meet that hopefully you feel that i'll catch you when you fall and that you will be seen for who you truly are and each one of you you are a world to discover there's so much beauty there there is that and i feel i'm kind of burying my soul here because i don't know if this will be my last uh podcast here and that's kind of sad and so um my heart has been broken and if this is my last one i i i feel satisfied with this journey here and so I'm going to love you and leave you. And I appreciate the courage and living with integrity that you've demonstrated. And if you made it this far, then that is such a, in listening, I, I celebrate your failures and how your tragedies can become your triumphs. Thank you for transforming yourself and rising to a higher spirituality I'm gonna love you and leave you till next time peace